well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Glad that you've joined us on the program. In uh, just a couple minutes, Tony Simon is going to be with us, founder of Diversity Shoot, uh, as well as the uh, group Second Amendment is for Everyone. Uh, we're going to be talking about a uh, piece at Time Magazine. Uh, but I also want to let you know about a couple of other things at the website that uh, you should check out, bearingarms.com. Uh, we've got an update for you today on uh, legislation in Ohio uh, that deals with armed school staff, every town for gun safety, trying to uh, use the courts to uh, uh, get rid of armed school staff in Ohio. But the uh, Ohio legislature is fighting back. Make sure you check out that story at uh, bearingarms.com. Uh, as well as uh, the latest news about the uh, potential Biden administration, what that might mean uh, for gun owners in terms of the anti-gun staffers that uh, Biden is already hiring as part of his uh, transition team and his intended White House staff. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Time Magazine had this piece, uh, I guess it was yesterday, maybe uh, two days ago, on uh, racial tensions in the United States. They say they're helping to fuel a rise in black gun ownership. And one of the things that I want to talk with Tony about is whether or not the Second Amendment, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this, whether or not the Second Amendment can actually help diffuse some of the uh, rising racial tensions around the country. I mean, this is something that Tony has been a part of with Diversity Shoot, uh, which you know takes place in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania, although primarily in Pennsylvania these days because of Governor Murphy's uh, COVID uh, restrictions. It's made it uh, virtually impossible to hold these events uh, at uh, the Gun for Higher Range in Woodland Park, New Jersey. So they've had to move this over into Pennsylvania. But every time they have one of these events, I mean, it is a cross-section of American society showing up at the gun range, hanging out, people with all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different races, colors, and creeds, and it's the Second Amendment that's bringing them together. So can we replicate that nationwide? Can the big tent that is the uh, uh, American gun owner, can we actually help to uh, make things better in this country in terms of how we get along? I'd like to think so. Maybe I'm just a hopeless optimist, but uh, I'd like to think that, that we can. Anyway, we had a great conversation with uh, Tony. Take a look and a listen. Tony, thank you so much, sir, for coming on the program. It is so good talking with you today. Thanks for having me on, man. I really like being on and talking to you. Absolutely. Well, listen, before we get to this uh, Time Magazine piece, um, I got to ask about uh, your diversity shoots, because uh, as I mentioned in our intro, uh, you've had to move these classes over to, to Pennsylvania. Um, but it, it kind of looks like, at least for the immediate future, uh, even the PA events are, are in some doubt. What's going on? Yeah, I, I moved in the PA because of the rules Governor Murphy has in place because of COVID, just with indoor ranges. So now I'm in Pennsylvania. Um, oh, and the thing is, 25% capacity at indoor ranges in New Jersey. So thereby, I can't really hold my events there. Yeah. So the Heritage Guild, the Heritage Guild in Eastern PA opened themselves up and said, hey, come host the events there. So I have been, and this is my third month, fourth month. And, uh, I find out yesterday I get a text message from Sarah from Hold My Guns, and she goes, Governor Wolf closed the state down on Friday the 20th. Um, you have to quarantine for 14 days if you visit from out of state, or you have to present, I guess, the government 
with uh, proof that you have had a COVID test, a negative COVID test in the last 72 hours. Uh, 70, yeah, 72 hours. So it looks like maybe tonight's event, November 19th, is going to be the last one until they lift COVID restrictions. Man, that is so disappointing. And I, first of all, I don't even know how on earth you try to enforce a provision like that. Uh, you know, people coming in from out of state, uh, having their COVID test with them. I, I don't know how they would do it. But, uh, you know, again, these businesses are, are facing jeopardy if they uh, uh, try to, you know, go around uh, the governor's orders. I'm, I'm curious, Tony. I mean, you've had, it seems like, really good turnout there in Easton over the past few months. Yes, I mean, it, it has grown because Easton is a new uh, new range, so you have to get word out to their range members and to the people in the area, and we've been growing every event. The first event, we had SIG come down and send a rep. Uh, tonight's event, we have Smith & Wesson sending the factory rep. So not only has uh, the range helped out, but the industry itself has come and supported what we're doing, and it's growing especially with all the new gun owners we have. Yeah. And now Governor Wolf has pulled this date out of nowhere. And, and the 72, I mean, it's all arbitrary. That's the annoying part. 72-hour testing. Um, starting on November uh, November 20th. Like, that's okay. It's not a Monday. It's not, right. I, I just don't understand it. It just, uh, yeah. It's like when you start a fat diet. I'll start a fat diet on a Friday. <laughs> what? What? I have a feeling the deadline uh, that the governor was looking for was Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I have a feeling uh-huh. that you know that that's what he's really thinking about here is oh we got to keep those people coming in from uh, out of state to to go to Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, and so maybe that's why he implements this on Friday. Have you thought about, and I know it sucks because one of the, the cool things about diversity shoot is it is literally open to anybody, uh, who wants to come and, and be a part of this community. But have you thought about, uh, or, you know, explored the idea of, okay, well, at least until the rules change, this is going to be, uh, open to, to PA residents only and, and still host the event and see how that goes. Well, I mean, I just found out about this yesterday. Okay. Um, what I need to do because of my job, uh, I get tested every week. So maybe I find out who I present the results of the negative test to and uh, get my uh, results and just present them and hold the November, uh, excuse me, December 10th event just like normal. But yeah, it's only open to uh, PA residents just because of the hassle. Uh, we have a lot of people from New Jersey. We've had people from New York, Maryland come to these events uh, in Pennsylvania. They, they make the drive. And to shut them out is ridiculous because, again, these are Second Amendment supporters or even new gun owners. Many of them were new gun owners. We had uh, African-American women coming from New York, drove from Brooklyn to Pennsylvania just to participate. Uh, we had a young couple drive up from Maryland just to participate. And we had four other friends that, because of the COVID restrictions and nervousness, they bailed on him after he purchased the tickets. So, I mean, there are people that want to come to these events, but because of the arbitrary rules put in place by the government, Mm -hmm. many of them are nervous. Many of them are nervous about making the trek and maybe not being able to go home or get into the state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, man, keep us up to date on what's going on because uh, I I love diversity to shoot. I think it's just one of the coolest things ever. And uh, again, as I said before, I introduced you. you know, this timepiece talking about, uh, uh, I'll get the headline here, racial tensions in the U.S. are open to fuel a rise in black gun ownership. 
you know, I, I want to ask you about the the uh, idea that 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 the Second Amendment may actually help to defuse uh, any racial tensions that are rising because of things like diversity shoot. I mean, it seems to me like the Second Amendment is the last really big tent movement that's out there that that welcomes in, you know, uh, everybody, regardless of your political persuasion, your race, color or creed. As long as you're embracing your right to keep and bear arms, you've got a home. Exactly. Uh, I, I read this time piece, as you, as you call it. I call it propaganda. Uh, it was just really garbage. Uh, the sad part is, and this is what I worry about, when you give a quote to a newspaper and then their article just takes a left turn at Albuquerque and goes wacky on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I, I saw, you know, Maj and uh, Phil Smith uh, from uh, NAGA and Maj from Black Guns Matter were quoted in the article saying some things that are pretty reasonable about, you know, black gun ownership. And then here comes time, and they just march down Crazy Boulevard. <laughs> but let's, let's go ahead and talk about this. Yeah, everyone's welcome here, especially new firearms owners or people that are considering, considering owning a firearm. Great, come down, regardless of your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, or, or background, be it financial or political, you're welcome here. We're introducing the firearms in a, in a safe manner. We're going to introduce you to a brand new range, if you've never been to it, that has classes. So for new firearms owners, it, it's a great way to dip your toe into the pool and surround yourself with not only firearms owners, you have firearms trainers, Um we're not there to take business away from the range, but we introduce people to the community. So it breaks that ice. So, like I said, with the ladies that came from Brooklyn or people that come from New Jersey, you might not drive all the way out to Eastern to take a class, but now you know what happens in a gun range. You know that you can speak to people and that firearms ranges are open to everyone and, 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 and you've got rid of, gotten rid of some of that trepidation, that first-time visit. breaks that ice. And that's what it's about. Now you're introduced to your civil rights. You found a place that you can practice it. And now go do it. Become a safe, responsible firearms owner in the place where not only uh, do they look for them, but they welcome them, again, regardless of race. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I think that that's such an important message because, as you say, like, look, media outlets like Time, they're not interested in expanding uh, the number of Americans who have embraced their Second Amendment rights. Uh, in fact, they've even got a quote in this piece uh, where they talk about, uh, they, they quote Mark Oliva from the National Shooting Sports Foundation, who says, you know, we could see 20 million background checks before 2020 closes. Uh, and then they, uh, gun control advocates hope that's not true, saying firearms cause more harm than good, despite so many people purchasing them for self-protection. Um, you know, the, the, the media is not our friend and they're not our allies. Uh, and so, you know, you look at propaganda pieces like this and it's easy to roll your eyes, but we've as gun owners, I mean, we've got to do our part to 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 counter that propaganda. And I think, you know, uh, efforts like diversity shoot are an incredible way to do so, because it just gives lie to that idea that, well, you know what, Americans are just arming up because they're suspicious of each other. Um, look, I, I know that there are a lot of Americans who become gun owners for the very first time, but not because. They're suspicious of white Americans or black Americans. They're concerned about the unrest in their community. They're concerned about rising violent crime. Uh, and, and that is, that's human nature. 
I mean, that, that, that crosses, again, all political and cultural divides we want as, a, as human beings to be able to protect ourselves and the people that we love. Well, it's funny because time and the mainstream media takes no credit or no responsibility for the fact that they push this fear. They push this distrust between people the entirety of 2020. Ever since the mostly peaceful protest happened and they couldn't get enough of showing it, and, and trying to show the divide, well, what black people along with everybody else saw was, one, lack of police response, um, the fact that their elected officials allow this violence to happen, and uh, they see property destroyed. So they want to keep their family safe like everyone else. And they know the best way to keep your family safe, especially when the government has let you down, uh, is to arm yourselves. So that's what's happened. It's not, oh my goodness, all of these white people are going to come burn my home down. It's all of these people are not being checked by law enforcement, and I'm going to have to defend myself against whomever comes to cause my family harm. Do you think, I mean, living in New Jersey, we've obviously seen, um, you know, Governor Murphy uh, uh, take action where he can against gun stores, against gun ranges. I know that there are uh, pretty lengthy delays for folks who are applying for their firearms ID card or their pistol purchase permits at the moment. Um, do, do you think that the, the, the embrace of the Second Amendment is actually even bigger uh, than, than what we realize because so many folks are still stuck in that legal limbo and they're, they're not yet able to exercise their Second Amendment rights? Oh, big time. Uh, I've had people who have been reaching out to me pretty much since March. Um, how do I get started? What do I do? Um, these people are delaying me. They're, they're on month four holding off on getting me my paperwork. Again, in Jersey, they have 30 days. Um, and these are law enforcement officers that are telling me they're having problems getting a paperwork process four months deep. So, yes, um, the numbers are delayed, and they're being delayed on purpose. Your rights are being violated. Remember, a right delayed is a right denied, and they're really doing that here in New Jersey in real time. Talking again with our friend Tony Simon from a Diversity Shoot. You can find him on Twitter at second, that's two, N-D, and then the number four, and then everyone. Second for everyone. Hey, Tony, listen, man, I, I wish that I could make the drive up to Easton, PA. I don't think I'd get there in time, but uh, I wish you a very, very successful diversity shoot tonight. I hope that this is not going to be the last one of the year, but we're going to stay in touch. We'll keep people informed. But thank you again, man, for everything that you do uh, there in New Jersey and really all around the country to help keep our Second Amendment strong and growing. Hey, thank you for having me on and stay safe, man. Appreciate Tony joining us on the program and all of the work that he does uh, there in the tri-state area. And, and really, I mean, uh, for gun owners around the country. All right, let's turn our attention now to our good deed of the day, our recidivist report, our armed citizen story. We'll start with our uh, recidivist report story from South Carolina, where a suspect in a shooting that killed a dad and two sons ended up pleading guilty to involuntary manslaughter just a little more than four years ago, which, uh, again, kind of raises the question, why was uh, Eugene Martin out in the streets and uh, not behind bars. According to uh, News 19, Eugene Martin uh, pled guilty again to involuntary manslaughter in August of 2016. He has since been charged with three counts of murder, four counts of attempted murder, as well as burglary, among other charges, related to a uh, shooting uh, last weekend. 
The uh, local solicitor there in the area, Ernest Chip Finney, uh, explained the circumstances surrounding the 2016 case that it involved uh, Martin showing a gun to a friend while he was handling the gun. The gun went off, shot the friend, and the friend died as a result of the gunshot. He pled guilty and was sentenced by a judge in Sumner to five years, which was suspended to three years, followed by two years probation. However, it looks like Martin did not do the three years behind bars, and now the uh, local prosecutor says he's checking uh, to see whether or not he was allowed to leave early. He said, then we're going to check with the probation department to find out how he did while he was on probation. He says, those matters have been concluded as far as I know, and so now he was back in the community where the incident occurred last weekend. He's accused of killing Raymond Davis and his two sons, Marcus and Randy. Uh, Marcus in a relationship with a woman who was also shot in the home who was expecting a baby boy. Uh, that child removed by emergency C-section uh, and is in a critical condition. The mom is still in the hospital, but is expected to recover. The uh, local solicitor says, quite frankly, right now we're trying to do our best to keep our arms around the family because this has been a tragedy and a shock to them. We have some more information that's coming in. He says, I think by the end of the week, we'll have some additional information for you and things are being processed. Okay, yeah, we do need some additional information. Because if Martin was convicted again of involuntary or pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter four years ago, was sentenced to three years in prison and then two years of probation, he should have at least still been on probation. And it sounds like the solicitor says, no, probation's already wrapped up and done. He's, you know, not checking in with anybody. So what the hell happened here? I mean, that that's the big question. What happened? And, you know, Democrats in South Carolina, and I should say anti-gun activists in South Carolina, they spent a ton of money trying to oust Lindsey Graham and replace him with uh, Jamie Harrison uh, as a U.S. senator. Um, that failed, obviously. But, you know, again, gun control advocates, they're focusing squarely on electing politicians who will go after you and me and other legal gun owners. And meanwhile, the criminal justice system, as evidenced in the case of uh, Mr. Martin here, is in some serious, serious need of reform to ensure that criminals face actual consequences for their violent actions. All right, on to today's Armed Citizen story, uh, which comes to us from uh, Wisconsin, where two people have been arrested, one still wanted in connection with a burglary at a shooting range. Yeah, bad idea to uh, try to rob or, or, or burgle a gun store, particularly... Uh, I mean, well, there are numerous reasons. One, uh, you're liable to face federal charges, too, in addition to uh, state charges. But two, you always run into the potential that the uh, intended business you're going to burgle is occupied by somebody who is armed. And that was the case uh, there in uh, Stenton, Wisconsin, where the Marathon County Sheriff's Office says they're still looking for a guy uh, in connection with that break-in. It was Sunday night. Caller reported a burglary at Zingers and Flingers <laughs> in uh, Stedden, Wisconsin. Love the name of that range, by the way. Uh, Isaac Tomic and Brock Rohde broke into the business by smashing out windows, according to the sheriff's office. The business owner that was in the back office and he heard the noise. So he grabbed a rifle and uh, left the back office, went into the uh, uh, front of the business where Tomic and Rohde confronted him, according to the sheriff's office. Owner fired several rounds from his rifle. Tomic and Rohde then took off running. Uh, deputies found Tomic a short distance away, and they arrested him. They also found a woman named uh, Rachel Hepner, who was behind the wheel of a vehicle that uh, police say was going to be used as the, the getaway vehicle. She's been taken into custody as well. Uh, Rody, meanwhile, still on the loose, 
Authorities have not yet taken him into custody, but uh, officials say that uh, people should consider him dangerous and uh, possibly armed as well. I'm glad that the uh, gun store owner, safe and sound, it was able to thwart the uh, burglary of his business there. Now let's hope that they can take all of the suspects into custody. And finally today, our good deed of the day from Michigan, where a state trooper saved a man's life following a, a fiery crash. I mean, you can see the smoke and the uh, flames there from the cab of that semi uh, fully engulfed. And according to, um, let's see, where was this? I guess the Michigan State Police uh, reporting uh, that uh, Trooper Daniel Drewar, uh on patrol when he came across this crash Tuesday of this week, Icy Roads believed to have uh, caused the wreck. Uh, Dewar happened to be in the right place at the right time, pulled up at the crash site shortly after it took place. The 56-year-old driver of the vehicle that had caught fire was still trapped inside. So uh, the state trooper grabbed a fire extinguisher, started uh, fighting the flames in the hopes that the driver could be rescued. Uh, after blasting the cab of that vehicle with the extinguisher, he then ran over to the passenger side, was able to get the trapped driver out, pulled him to safety, take him to a local hospital. Listed uh, at last point uh, as stable, uh, is expected to recover. The driver's passenger, his five-year-old grandson, Suffered some minor injuries in the crash, but he's going to be okay as well. And actually, he was saved by a passerby in a, a Jeep who stopped at the scene of the crash, placing the uh, five-year-old in his vehicle to keep him safe and warm. So not only do we have to uh, thank that Michigan State trooper for being in the right place at the right time, a Trooper Daniel Dror, uh, but that anonymous Good Samaritan, also in the right place at the right time and able to help that five-year-old child. We thank you both. Very, very good deed. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss a show. Also, you can, uh, you know, just get the podcast from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, any of your major podcast platforms. You'll find us there as well. We certainly do appreciate your support. And we'll see you back here tomorrow with the Friday edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. But in the meantime, be well. Be safe and be free.